vicious, but brilliant. Hello everybody, welcome to New York Talk, this is the Rob and podcast. <sighs> Sometimes, you know what? <laughs> oh, this will be a good one guys, I'm sure it'll be amazing. Lots of arguing. <laughs> Ben's here, Ben, me and Ben can have a good row later on to cheer everybody up. Um, Michael's with us and Danny as well, thank you for joining us boys. Hello. Hello. Hello Ben. Hello. I said hello. <laughs> Did you? Hello. Apologies, mate. I, uh, oh, I have my sincere apologies. I probably didn't. Um, yes. So, as we all know, as I hope we all know, um, it was a 3-0 defeat at home to Shrewsbury Town on Saturday. The gap reduced at the top. Of, we've got reduced to promotion, sorry, to four points. Um, and a gap reduced to weekend. I think that is now one point. There's a lot to cover from this game. Um, I was hoping that we were going to really struggle for something to talk about. I, th- I was hoping it'd be a comfortable 2-0 win, something like that, and we could all sort of sail into the international break in comfort. Alas, <laughs> that wasn't to be the case. That didn't work out, did it? <laughs> no, it didn't, no. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I, to be honest with you, I don't even know where to start with this. I don't know if they are, what about this, that and other. There's so many topics to go from this. Let's start with the red card, Mick. I think that's a, a, a good. I think it's a good start point. Um, there's lots of other stuff to talk about. Well, let's start with the red card because I think this is pretty much cut and dry. From I think this is something we're all going to agree on. Uh, at the time, it was difficult to tell because we we sit in the family stand, so we were sort of right behind it, so we couldn't see what happened. So I don't know about you, but I wasn't sure if Angus had done something stupid. As it turns out. He didn't do it. At that, on that occasion, he didn't really do anything stupid. It was a very, very poor decision. Is that one for me, Mick. Matt? Yes. Do, do you want me to start this early in, in the in the podcast? Do you really want mate, me to get mate, going, do you? Mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't think it was a foul immediately. Right at the time, I didn't think it was a foul, and I was berated by the people around me saying it was definitely a foul, definitely a red card. Mm-hmm. Having seen it back, it's clearly not a foul. It's clearly not a red card. Um, much like the penalty against Chio was clearly a penalty and clearly a foul and clearly not In this game? Yes, in this JJ. game. Where... And JJ, JJ, apologies. Who did I say? Oh, yeah. Chio. Chio went in play on pitch. I, I, hey, listen. I'm sorry. I get I, you know what I mean. It don't make any difference, really, does it? But no, I think no. I think the referee had two decisions to make in the whole game, and he got them both wrong, spectacularly wrong. Um, you've and, you've and, been kind by saying he, with the Angus one, he didn't have a decision to make, did he? He chose no. to make a decision. Yeah, well, there was nothing. Yeah, yeah, he made a decision that wasn't there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm disgusted in it, but I, I am not surprised. I, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, I think, and I don't know because I've not done my research, but I should have done. But I've read somewhere this is the referee from the whole game in the FA Cup. Yes, it is. Yeah. I, now I don't know whether you kept that from me or not, Matt. Um, but 
he's just shown what an incompetent clown he is, isn't he? Again. Um, I'm disgusted. I'm absolutely disgusted. And and that, no matter what anybody says, yeah, we weren't performing particularly well up to that point, but that was the end of the game at that point. That changed the game completely. Changed the momentum. It changed everything. Um, so, you know. Yeah. I, mean, I, I agree. I, we'll come on to that. I know you don't agree. I know you don't. We've already had this conversation. Here we have. <laughs> We are but, conversation. But, but we'll have, we'll have yeah. this conversation again in front of more people. <laughs> I, I'm sure the three people yeah. that were in front of yesterday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it, it was a joke, mate. It was a joke, and and that that lost us the game for me. I, I, I'm absolutely positive. I know everybody else will disagree. Um, we were one no down when that card happened. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we just... yeah, we were. I, I'm not. I'm not arguing with that. We just still won game. Really? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, if you're with us, that let us know. Power Mad UK is with us on the comments. Jamie thinks this would be fun. First Grundy of the afternoon of the evening. Scott's with us. YouTube mm-hmm. user Power Mad says he, he don't believe that show on Saturday. Um, Ian Bradley's with us. Donna's with us. Lynn McGarry. There's loads of with us. Feel free to get involved on the comments if you're on YouTube, if you're watching live on YouTube and Facebook. Danny, again, we'll just talk about the, the isolated incident, the red card itself. Mixed very strong as he, as 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 I think most Robin fans are. I assume you're in much very much agreement that the decision was a, a shocker. <clears throat> yeah, um, I can see why the ref has given it to a certain extent because Angus's elbow is up, but he's failed to realise that it's not his elbow that's connected with the player; it's his head because mm. he's gone to head the ball and headed the player, and obviously that hurts. And player's gone down, but referee thinks he's gone with his elbow. And that's why he sent him off. But there's no way on earth it's a foul. It's like what happened with um, uh, with Crooksy mm. uh, in, in his in his last season with us. He did the exact same thing and got sent off. And unfortunately, because Smith's red card has already been rescinded that season, we couldn't rescind Crooksy's because it'd be a bit <clears throat> a bit weird rescinding two red cards. And EFL would be like, no. But yeah, it's not it's not a red card at Angus. Um, although before that, I did think he was a little bit shaky in the game. <laughs> Yeah, just um, yeah, well, <laughs> understatement. Um, but yeah, but the red card was just one of them. I think it even showed with the players at one of them where it's just like, oh, here we go. It's one of them days. Um, and I think Josh Vickers actually did really well to keep us at at one nil. And I think if it wasn't for Josh Vickers, we could have lost that game five nil or even yeah. six. Um, but now with, with Angus's red card. That just adds to the frustration. It's one of them things where it's made an entire bubble of frustration and they've just kept adding things to this bubble and eventually it's gone pop and that's led to people leaving at 2-0, which is unacceptable, I, I think. Um, <clears throat> but, I don't know. It's very rarely that I'm speechless about a game as a whole, but I've watched I've watched the highlights of this game and it's just, wow. Just, just wow. Yeah. Was it that? That's yeah, it's me being speechless on the topic. What's he now? Yes. And Jacob Kilbin in the comments. This is the first person I've seen. Angus challenge was a red for him. Uh, he, 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 I agree with the second part. We were looking very dodgy at the back. There's nowhere to be seen elsewhere. Angus was really poor, but they dodgy before that. I agree with the second part, Jacob. I'd uh, be interested to know which which part of the challenge he feels is made well, it a red. Well, the thing is, when I first saw it, when Matt first showed it me, oh, I think it was half time. Mm. You can see his head jolt 
really quickly. But he's done that on he's done that on purpose. But it, at oh, first yeah. glance, he's gone in like that, and then you see his head jolt. So it's hard. It is hard for a referee because you don't see replays. Yeah, you but know, what, it is hard when you see a sudden movement like that. It's, it ah. is a little bit hard. Um, I would argue it's it's hard for a referee if if both players have gone for the ball and that happens. Yeah, I agree with you. He's got a decision to make. But the the, 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 the Shrewsbury player made no attempt to go football. He turned his back on the player and tried to back into him. So, uh, I, I mean, I mean, it's just anyway. Well, we can argue with Mike. Referee, the referee's vision is very bad as well. The referee's looking from behind, so he can't see the con- well. He can't see the contact. So, he's so he can't give a red card then, can he? Like, exactly, that's my point. He's made an assumption because of what Ben's saying about the head jolting. The referee's made an assumption that he's gone in with the elbow. Well, you can't, you can't give reds on assumptions, and that's what he's done. Well, um, we know this referee does that, though, don't we? We've, we've had him before, yeah. so we know exactly um, what he does. I've got a little story about this referee. Um, <clears throat> one of my mates who works at the stadium, I won't name him just in case he doesn't want me to, um, I had a word with him at half-time, um, and he says, this referee's going to have a stinker today. And he had, this, this was half-time, so he's already had a half, yeah. half a day's stinker. But he said, apparently in the tunnel before the game, he was being a really arrogant bloke, proper self-obsessed with his own importance. And so, he's, and so he said, I was, think, I was thinking to uh, myself, he's going to be one of them where he's trying to make it all about him. You know, he, he wants to give a red card. You know, he wants to be the, the man in the middle that, you know, denies Rotherham a penalty, this, that, other when it were a clear penalty. Um, so I think that was, again, another factor that worked against us. The referee was in his own head of, oh, I'm going to make a show all about me, sort of thing. It's not about these two teams and the history between the two of them. It's about me today. You know, I, I'm going to give a, I'm going to give a red card to someone, and he's found the ideal opportunity where he hasn't quite seen it properly. He's seen someone's head go forward, and he's seen someone's elbow go up. It's like red red card, and the thing he doesn't even think about it. It's more of a it's happened, and he's already reaching for his pocket, so he's made his decision mm-hmm. there and then without thinking about it. And you can tell from the reaction from our players and from Angus himself because Angus was ready to smack him. What's replay? And Angus was ready yeah. to hit him, <laughs> which which is, is funny, but it's like whoa, that could you know. Have more repercussions for Angus, but he were ready to smack him. I think um, all the Rathbun were ready to smack him as well. But the reaction from our players, it will. Like, I've not seen our players react so angrily to a referee's decision before. Then probably this and yeah, and that's one of the things that's like as the ref must have got it wrong. You know, if it's so, and all Shrewsbury players didn't go near referee. All Shrewsbury players backed off. They weren't claiming for it at all. They've mm-hmm. all backed off. And if anything, they're holding Angus away from him, which <laughs> says and it says again how frustrated Angus was. But yeah, referee wanted the show to be all about him, and he made it all about him. You know, oh, he could be the referee that stopped Rotherham winning the title. Ooh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, as we mentioned, Angus was had a very, very off day. Uh, whether he's not back to fitness or whatever, we'll come on to everybody else. But Angus had an off day. What I will say to that is I saw somebody on Twitter today me- messaged him on Instagram saying it were a great performance sarcastically and then got a bit upset that Angus liked the comment. I mean, <laughs> seriously, grow up. If you want to go on social media and start having a, having a pop at players, yeah, I know the performance was, was, was poor and we're going to come into that. But come on, man. Grow up. Right. One too many beers. Yeah. Uh, Gary Devine wasn't a red card for him. It uh, wasn't even foul as far as he was concerned. Um, concerned well, he is concerned on how we dealt with it afterwards. 
Um, yeah. Ian Bradley backs up what I just made. Relevance, though, Angus was having a mare along with 10 others. At least at least Desmond to, <laughs> side two to got a red card. That got man a match, sorry. Something else we're going to. Um, let's go back. To, ben, let's go back to the beginning. Um, the lineup, when we first saw the lineup, there was plenty of eyebrows raised. Uh, let's start with the wing. Let's start with the wide areas. Um, side two, two start on right hand side. Shane Ferguson, left hand side. We could, I can, I, I, I struggle, I struggle with it a lot. We said before the game that he may be resting Chio, maybe resting Miller, and that's fine. It, it turns out in the post match that he's saying they were both at risk of hamstring injuries, which again, I understand, I, I get that, but we've got to try and win the game. You've got to start, you've got to play your best players to, you know, not without risking them. And to start neither of those, bearing in mind how both how good they both played on Tuesday, seemed really strange to me. We're in a situation where we need to take risks. For me, I can't see logic not risking at least one of them. What did you say, Miller and Benny were both high risk hamstring injuries? That's what Warney said in the post match. Yeah. How many hamstring injuries does this club want to have before we start sorting it out? I think there's only Reg that's had one this season. And there's only Reg. Start of the season, yeah, right. Yeah. So and Benny's had. More than I've had at dinners, so that's a problem. <laughs> I feel like but... you only had two hot dinners, man. <laughs> <laughs> Mick, what are you doing to him? <laughs> it was just me last, last year, last season, Ben. Right, uh, yeah. I'm yeah. sure you had hamstring problems before that, but um, go on, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I should have played one of them, at least one of them, because two-two for me has done not since he came. Um, I think Ferguson's. All right, defensively, I think he's a solid player, but I don't think he's going to give you that. What's the, he's not going to give you that. He's not your attacking outlet. He's not going to give the the opposition something to think about, is it? Yeah, he's going to do a job for you, and he'll be mm. a solid, solid left back that will do the job. Um, but he's not going to be that attacking outlet, and I don't think Tutu was either. So we were kind of stuck for it, and then Smith Smith had a poor game, I feel like, and then it was just an all round bad performance, and at least one of them could have played. Yeah, and in Bradley, this is a point I've seen brought up on social media quite a lot today. If Chio is risk of a hamstring injury, why are we letting him go to the Republic of Ireland Nationals? Now, this is a, this is a very valid point, Mick, because he's a, they're only friendlies from what I've from what I've what I can see. We can, as far again, I may be, I may be corrected from this. I think we can withdraw him from those squads even without injury. I think I think we have the right. I think. Yeah, so, you, you do even in knockout stages. I'm pretty sure you have the right. Well, if, if, if for competitive, they have to be injured. To not get, not be allowed to call friendlies is a slightly different criteria, but for me that's a, that's a very valid valid point, Mick. If he is at risk enough not to play, not to start, we should be pulling him from the international squad. Oh, not necessarily, not necessarily. You, what you could do is have an arrangement with the international squad that is is there. He trains lightly with him. He just he's in and around that squad. He didn't have to play. Yeah. Um, you know, it's vital for his experience to be with that international squad, whether or not he plays. You know, it's that environment and everything else. So we don't know. You don't know what that the the, the arrangement is um, for that. So yeah, I can see a reason for not not sending him, but I can also see a reason for saying, look, he's at risk of a hamstring injury. Please don't play him unless you absolutely have to. It's only a friendly, but get him in there um, and get him in and around the squad. Uh, that way, we can then call off our Sunderland game and put it into later in the season when it's maybe not as important to us. 
or maybe it is as important to us. Who knows? You know, we don't know which way it's going to go at the moment, do we? But, you know, by putting that game off, it gives us an effective break then for the rest of the players. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm I was surprised. Have a why rest them both? Because they are playing yeah, I, 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 listen. They should be able to play the game and then rest after, should they not? I, I, I think the fact that Mikel Miller didn't start is, is inexplicable to me. Um, I really don't understand that at all. Um, like like um, like Ben's just said there, I think two two is has been absolutely bang average since he came, um, and, and I think that's been kind to him. To be fair, I understand he's been out for a while, you know, and I understand he's probably not match fit. So why are we starting him? I don't I don't I don't get it. I don't get the, the thought process behind that team selection yesterday. I genuinely don't. Um, there must have been a thought process. There must have been discussions had. Clearly, there has been, um, and, and clearly they felt that that was the right, the right team to to start the game. I personally didn't agree at the time, and you know, as as the rest of us are, Captain Hindsight, we've all been proved right, haven't we? You know, um, but yeah, <laughs> they made a mistake. They did not the first. Well, not. Yeah, not the only one. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, just yeah. I'm glad you checked that. Not for the first time. Not for the first time. We got to first team getting to eighty points in in all four divisions. You know, yeah, they oh, made a few yeah, mistakes. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and send about a shocking season. But we're a podcast to talk about Robbie United, so we've got to cover these issues. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think it needs to be addressed because the last five yeah, six yeah. games. Obviously, I didn't watch the Lincoln game. Last five six games, we've been. Mid-table near relegation form. We've been awful. Currently, we're currently ranked 14th in form charts. By the way, yeah, we've been over the last five since that MK Don's game. When I thought that was, you know, a big game. I thought we were going to test a lot of the players. Bottling it, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. Yeah, we'll come with the generals. We're going to try and cover plenty in here. NASW not having any. Quick, good, wide players gave Barlas a very little option at first half. Two to look frail as we were off the ball, and we very much needed Miller. And I think that's again a, a really, a very important point. That it makes it easier for the opposition team to deal with Barlasser when he doesn't have that out ball. Um, and to be honest with you, I don't think he had a bad game. I thought, I thought for me, let's talk about a couple of positives, Danny. And there aren't many. I thought Barlasser had was, I thought it was okay. I don't think it was bad, but I thought Icky was one of the few that came out with basically his head held high. The other, the other defenders had their issues. I thought Icky was basically solid. Yeah, I think so. I think um, Icky was solid for the first half and he was solid alongside Woody. Woody had a couple of ear-theirs, <laughs> but I think for Icky sh- uh, shifting from a central position to a left-sided position, he's done okay in both positions mm. throughout the game. Um, but just to touch on the thing about Chio and Miller being rested because of potential hamstring injuries, why not stagger the two of them? One forty-five for one, another forty-five for the other. Yeah. You know, we could have done Miller and and Tutu, and then for second half, Ferguson and Chio. You know, so like stagger it on on either side, then you present different threats on each side in each half. Um, but we'll, we'll touch on Aussie Tutu in a minute, I'm sure. But yeah, I think Icky was. Of the of the four defenders that we had on the pitch, he was the okay-ish most out, out, out of the four of them. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, okay-ish out of the four. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I completely agree. Um, but then that brings us on to another selection quandary, Mick, uh, of the defenders, of the defence. Now, general consensus in football is that the best defence is a consistent defence. That's the, That doesn't always work out to be the case, but it is generally. If you play more, if you play more together, you will play better together if you're good enough, which, which we all know they are. To make those two changes, and essentially you, you, we moved Icky out of position from where he played on Tuesday. So you've had with three changes to the back three. Mm. It's a bit crazy. And again, we've got this international break. And Woody may well have been at risk of injury again. But to make too many changes at once can only disrupt. It can't, it can't be a positive to make all those changes. Essentially two games in a row now. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And then and that that you know, it was you've got you've got Angus in there. Ooh, people have been, you know, people have been really pleased that he's gone back into form, got back sorry, got back into the team, got back into fitness. Um, you know, people have been hoping for that for a while. He's come back, he hasn't played for a year virtually. He's gonna be off the pace, whatever happens. So why you would start him in a game of this importance because it was an important game in the context of um, in the context of the season and, and what's coming up over the next few weeks. It, it's a bit baffling as to why you would start him ahead of Wes, um, for, absolutely ahead of Wes. Um, Woody clearly is carrying an injury because he came on at half time and within ten minutes he was he were over at sidelines, clutching his groin, stretching his groin, or whatever. Um, so I, I get I get the Woody one, but. Um, I thought Reg was poor yesterday. He's not back up to speed. I think he's another one of those defenders that needs three or four games to get himself into some sort of um, in, into some sort of form, and, and probably Angus does as well. Um, mm. But he was poor yesterday, Angus. He was he was he was a bit of a liability. But yeah. but then again, you know we get we, we anyway. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just it, 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 the, the selection across the board. With the exception of the three midfield players, and and the two two up front, yeah. was a bit baffling. I'm, I, I'm going to argue <clears throat> the case that even the midfield caught a few people off guard because we were led down the road that Barlasu was carrying a major injury, Rathbun was carrying a major injury, and then somehow Rathbun's played for ninety minutes. Well, we had mean? Dolphin and Lindsay on bench. Exactly, and we read on the pre-match that Lindsay was the only one of the midfields. Uh, to take part in the eight um, eight man training session, all the rest of them were having the legs rubbed down to make sure they were all right. Mm. So obviously, obviously, Barlas coming off at half time, you can sort of say, yeah, I might be because he's still not okay enough with his injury, but we had to play him. But Rathbun's gone from like, oh, I'll be out for two weeks with a quad injury to running ninety minutes. Like, has he got superhuman healing ability? Is like, is he like Deadpool in disguise or something? <laughs> you know, his quads just magically healed and he's done ninety minutes, but. Even then, if Rathbun's carried that injury for a full 90 minutes and he ran his goonies off did, that yeah. game, there was a spell in the second half where he ran his goonies off. And if he's doing that with a quad injury, he is very invested in this team, which is what we want to see. But for a certain spell in that second half, we did not have that at all. And I'm going to ask, have to ask Donna to make me uh, Danny Ranting come in because I've got some choice words on that when we get to it, let me tell you. Yes, yeah. Uh, John Oxley mentions that if sort of back you up, Danny, John Oxley, just, uh, he disagrees with the midfield that we played, needed rotation or were flat. 
like, like you just mentioned, Jimmy Lindsay on the bench, who was fit, um, a Dauphin, who would have been we expected to be mostly fit. Neither of them even came on. Let's go through a few more comments. Um, not indeed, you know, saying to keep the face, we have a chance to reset and remember, even in the worst case scenario, we will still be going second into the Charlton game. How many points depends on MK Dons and um, Plymouth PL? Not sure. Yeah, I think that'll be Plymouth. I think, we, yeah, we, we, we can go into the Charlton game out of the promotion places. Um, we, we, we could if, be in third yeah. when we next play a game, potentially. Yeah, yeah we could. Uh, Scott Grundy would have lost with 12 men. We were that awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jamie, Mick, uh, Ben, I'll give this one to you. Did you think it was a foul on JG in the build-up to the first goal? In the build-up to the first goal? Yeah, so they dispossessed Does he mean JG the penalty? Or does he mean the penalty? Oh, I don't know, actually. If he means the penalty, go... then yes. Yeah, he means the penalty, then yes. But if not, no, I think JG should have released it 10 minutes earlier. Yes, he should. And I it think it's his best... fault for the goal. It went, it went brilliant. Winning with JJ, I was really disappointed with it. Based on how well he played on Tuesday, Ben, I was quite disappointed. In, he wasn't on his own. I'm not trusting that, but he, he, he didn't have that energy. He didn't have that buy. He just, it was, it was lacking along with others. But it, it was lacking on Saturday. Yeah, no one did. I think, I think, no one did. I think we gave up before we still even started. Okay. I was hoping for a bit more, but go on, that's fine. Well, I don't know what I'm <laughs> to say. I think right, going. Uh, yeah, I think it's part of his development. To be fair, um, he's a young lad, mm. and he needed to be. He needs to be uh, led by yes. and you know the veterans on the team. It's, it shouldn't be his responsibility to get the energy. He shouldn't be the energy man. He shouldn't be the one to get the crowd going and stuff like that. But he was poor. Um, but it's going to happen because he's young. But the mm-hmm. whole the whole team performance was. Uh, should deserved fining, in my opinion. <laughs> um, Shellstone, thank you for points out. MK don't play next week either. So we could go into uh, Charlton only being one point behind <laughs> if they pick up their win, which is a blessing in the sky. So it also means we'll only have one game in hand to them, not two. Which again, not too bad. Uh, Will Daniels in the comments. Thank you for joining us. Will was not with us tonight, but he's joining us through YouTube. We thought Warnie played, went and played the fittest team he could, as opposed to the best possible 11. Uh, we looked extremely lethargic from minute one, and Barlas are clearly not fit, but no other option. Yeah, and that's that's the, that's part of the problem, Mick. If, I, 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 and I'm one of those people that agrees that if somebody's uh, running the risk of injury, don't risk them if you don't need to. But we needed to take a risk. Uh, we've just, oh, we'll just cover this. We needed to take a risk. Uh, uh, did we? Did we? You know, it turns out, that, yeah. that's that's all well and good, and I agree with you. Yeah, we needed to take a risk. But let's let's imagine. The outcry on social media, if Warney comes out after the game yesterday that we've won 2-1 right, and says, yeah, we've won 2-1, lads. However, I played Barlasa. I shouldn't have done really because he was expecting injury. He's out for four weeks. I played Rathbone. Unfortunately, he's pulled his, pulled his quad again. He's out for six weeks. But at least we won 2-1. Um, unfortunately, Mikel Miller can't play because he's also injured. Woody's pulled his groin again, um, and we've got two, we've got two weeks without a game. Hopefully, we'll get two or three of them fit, but certainly, certainly three of them are out long term, possibly for the rest of the season. Well done. If if what Will is saying there is right, and that team selection yesterday was based on the fittest eleven, if you like, then that's the end of that, isn't it? 
Surely. It's not, is it? We're at the stage of the season where, where you do need to take a risk or two. Yeah, but these are professional footballers. They they do have four or five days in between games to recover. And on this case, they've got two weeks. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, got, got in, in, the, in the past, Paul Warner's talked about international breaks. It's talked about, and I don't know if he's used the word rinsing the players, but using every last drop they've got until, until because you've got an international break. Chio's a slightly different example because he's got to go away. I accept that, but you've got to take at this stage in the season. People, we're harking back two weeks ago, but MK Dons two weeks ago they took a risk. The ten men, one nil down, they took a risk. It paid can off. Be, they're the chasers, aren't they? They can. Yeah, but, we, but if, if you act like you're the one at the top and you you play safe, then you allow yeah. people to come at you, and that's what happened. At MK, that's what happened yesterday, Saturday. Um, <laughs> oh. uh, NSW, There's no answer is it? Well, we're just trying to find one. We won't get one because we don't know what they're warning that no more about football than us. But um, NSW agrees with you, Mick. Wes Harding is too good a player not to be in the first 11. I thought that was very strange as well. Mm-hmm. For Harding not to be in. It would have made sense for him, else to play him at fullback. The two, two, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's talk about the changes at half time, Danny. Um we went down to so <laughs> yeah, yeah. ten men. Um the two changes at half time were Barlas off for Chio, essentially, and then uh, JJ well JJ off for Wood. J, JJ and Barlas come off, Woody and Chio came on. Um I feel I feel really bad because we're, we're digging into digging into the sort of team and the, and the selection process. But it was completely baffling to me that he made those two substitutions. I can I can see bringing Woody on to go back to three at back, but we ended up playing Shane Ferguson as basically a number ten, and I, I was just I was just I, go on. I, I mean, I, I mean, we all we all love we all love this club, but we need to get an hour out of this somehow. And when you've <laughs> when you've lost three 0 we are going to critique everything. But in all honesty, when. When we saw how we lined up for the second half and how the formation moulded itself when Sue's grabbed the ball, I said to my mum, what formation are we playing? Like, you've got Smith up top and obviously still the back three because Woody's come on. And then it's like, then what? You know, I mean, Barlas coming off for Chio, if Barlas carries an injury, all right, fair enough. Uh, we needed a centre-half to come on to shore up the back so I can understand bringing KO off. Fair mm. enough. But how we lined up afterwards was weird because at one point you had Ferguson playing as a 10 and then he moved out to the left-hand side and then you had Ozzy Tutu, who was a full-back, playing as the, as the off-striker. So it was like like three and then Wiles and Rathbun in the middle. <clears throat> then Chio slightly further forward, Ferguson slightly further back and then Ozzy Tutu, weirdly, is as the striker behind Smith, and then obviously Smith looked up because he's a centre-forward, and it's like, what what notepad has been written with that on? Is it the notepad that they found under the desk with the, to- with the coffee stain on it and just gone, oh, I found one that could work, <laughs> right? Now, obviously the substitutions were ones that needed to be made. If Barlas is injured, fair enough, and bring him, bring in a, um, a centre-half on the short back, all right, fair enough. But the one substitution that wasn't made at half-time, which I said should have been made at half-time, was Aussie 2-2 off Miller, right? Because 
Aussie 2 2 did not press the ball for the whole half an hour of the second half until Mick came on. To the point where I was screaming at Smith and Aussie 2 2 to come and press Shrewsby's back line. And one has probably heard me because I heard my voice echo off the south stand. I was screaming that loudly. I don't, I don't know if you two heard me, but I heard my voice echo off the south stand. I could hear you over me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I'm, I'm, I'm sat bang on front row, as you've seen from the vlogs, and I'm trying to pull them forward and say, compress the ball. Right. Smith heard me and he started doing it a little bit. But Aussie Tutu just stood there just <laughs> ambling about because he was so lost playing up front mm. that he didn't know what to do to the point where a fan is telling him what to do. Now, whether Warren has told them to go and press the ball or told them to sit off it a little bit, I don't know, because obviously I'm not in the dressing room. But when you've got a back four knocking the ball from one defender to the other across a back line, when you're 1-0 down and you aren't pressing the ball, summit isn't working. You right. can't press the ball. Matt and I had this argument yesterday at the game, and I, don't, I, I'm, I tell you what, mate, I'm, not, I'm not wearing it. I am not wearing the. I am. What, 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 what have you got to lose? What have you got to Thank lose? You. You, want, you want you want nil down with ten men. Go and press the ball. You might win it and you might try and score. And well, that's, that's why we brought Miller it. on. And Miller immediately started pressing the ball, and we looked better yeah. until they scored again. Obviously. And then we lost three nil. Yeah, exactly. But you know, but, just go for so it. that's that's exactly the point. That's exactly the point. If you start off that second half. With, this, with the intensity that we usually play at, pressing the ball and pressing the ball and pressing the ball, you're going to be 3-0 down by 70 minutes, not 85. But it, it, at, least you, at, least you, at least you've gone for it, though. That's the point. Well, yeah, but, but we're still having the same conversation now. But we might not. But this is the point. If, if you press yeah, but we early, are. If you get at them early... If, if, if you, you get, get at them early and press the ball and nick a goal, it's a different game. Look what happened I, when I, I came. You never know. I get that. I do get that, but... But on the flip side of it, you can't. You know, you've got it. You've got you're down to ten men. You can't. You can't play to that with that intensity for the full forty-five minutes. It's just not doable. And you are going to concede at some stage. And the last thing you want to be doing is conceding at fifty minutes or whatever. But that's you know, a bit, that, that's that for me. That's a better time to concede than when we did. If we if we go two 0 down on fifty minutes rather than whenever it was 75, 80 minutes. We've then got a little bit of time to do something. We haven't made the third substitution yet. So the third substitution can be something slightly different. He can try something a little bit different. Yeah. The, 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 I, I can almost accept a bad performance from each individual player. For me, the way we set up for that first 25 minutes of the, of the second half was not on. You cannot play like that. You cannot allow teams to literally pass the ball between the keeper and the two centre-backs. For basically thirty minutes of a ninety, but they didn't do that, did they? Yeah. We we shut off, and then they tried to pump it forward because they got frustrated. We won the ball back, but we, we we just didn't try, so we just booted him back. That's what happened. We won the different. We won the ball back in different areas. It's just when we did win the ball back, we didn't do what we. We, just we, 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 we allowed them to have the ball, didn't we? They, they were they were yeah, allowed. but then we for five for a couple yeah. of minutes, and then when they did go along, they lost it. Which is what it was, I, I guess is what he was trying to do, but then they just clocked on and thought, well, if you're just going to sit back, I'm not going to pass it forward. I'm winning one now. They, they passed it right back for, for five minutes, got bored, tried to play it through, and just gave it away every single time. Oh, yeah, but the thing the is, we didn't do anything with the ball, ball like yeah. Ben once we got it. We did not. Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But we did. Yeah. Uh, we were hoping for a mistake rather than being proactive. 
yeah, and yeah, we're the yeah. ones that were chasing the game where we needed to at least pick up a point. I think the, the, the frustrating thing about not pressing the ball <clears throat> when they're knocking it around their back line is for me it shows no desire to try and get a goal back. Mm, it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like you can understand the tactic side of it and trying to effectively try and outthink Shrewsbury and how they're playing. And yeah, we, we stood off them, they tried to go long and it didn't work for them because obviously they can't play it long. But for 20 minutes at 1-0 down, when we've seen desire for MK Dons, who managed to get two goals with a man down, through desire and just finding the way through, to see a team do that against us, and then when we're in the same situation and then don't do it, that that's the frustrating bit for me. Because it showed a lack of it showed a lack of desire to try and win the league, in my opinion. We've just sort of gone, oh well, one nil down with ten men, we'll just stand off. Mm. And for me, that's not on. I know for just, the best, in my opinion. Yeah, it was more for me. It was more a hope for the best rather than trying something a bit different, trying something clever. I don't think we all. I, 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 I accept bringing Barlow, but I don't think we really needed to go three at back. I thought we could have gone four. I thought we, I thought it would have been simpler. Again, I, I, this is not hindsight. I thought I said at the time we should go four four one. And put, put you put your wingers out there, go four at back. Make make make, make your two foot back two banks of four really difficult. You know, try and make them as solid as you possibly can, and ask Smith to run his run his whatever's off, because then you're going to have that pressure. You're going to have a little bit of something. It's something different formation to get give Shrewsbury a little bit of something to think about. Um, it was it was a little bit like we were scared. <laughs> it, it, like we were scared of a three 0 defeat. And so we didn't want to lose three 0 so we played conservatively. Well, we lost three 0 anyway. I'd first lose three 0 going for it, than three 0 not going for it, which is essentially what happened. Um, I find that that's that, that's my one of my biggest scraps of the game. Anything, Ben? Anything? Anything to add? Anything? <laughs> no. I like that. Anything? I like that. <laughs> I no. Use that in future. I like it. Basically, what you just said. I think it was a little bit of fear in that. And personally, I think we're bottling season. Uh, Jamie on the comments said, Warren once said he loved being part of a 10-man squad because you've up a goal for it. I think he's a solicitor on the, on the MK Dons game. It, it, take, it, it should take the pressure off when you have 10 men. It looked like they were playing with weight at world on the shoulders, didn't it? It really looked like they were playing with weight at world on the shoulders. Could, could we say we were like that because we've got one eye on Wembley already? I would hope not. If if that's the case, then there was, should be some serious conversations to be had because that would be almost unforgivable, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. Uh, let's. Uh, uh, Brian Vernon. Our form for the f- for a few weeks has been average. It's not. It's not funny. It's going to cost us. The other two have much more momentum. But <laughs> after Wembley versus Sutton, what a joy. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, John Oxby wants to wish his son Harry. Uh, well, they're uh, Rotherham under eight playing Donny this week. Let's hopefully, you get a win for the Mills. Yeah, happy birthday, one. Harry. Go out and batter Donny for us. Because remember, Donny get battered everywhere they go. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the another topic of conversation which we'll have, which I'm not looking forward to. Liam McGarry can't fault our fans leaving with 10 minutes early because like, the players have not given up. Not acceptable. I personally left when he went to 3 0 uh, because I thought it was embarrassing. Now, what I have seen. <laughs> Every argument and counter-argument and mention of fans arguing with each other. Uh, I am not one who left. We all, I think, I, I, I didn't sit with Danny, but I assume Danny stood till the end as well. Mm-hmm. But 
I can see why people left after that second goal because we were not going to get anything out of that game. The play, the, the system, we weren't trying for one reason or whether it was tactical or individually, we weren't trying. And I would prefer, personally, I would prefer those fans to leave than stay and boo at the end. Um, you know, each to their own. Mick, I know you're uh, not in my camp on that argument. Well, I, we had a conversation about it, didn't we, last week, about fans and me saying, you know, you shouldn't really call fans out for, for doing whatever, whatever, you know. that. Um, but, yeah, I was embarrassed yesterday. I was absolutely embarrassed to see. And, it, you know, I remember standing at, at Swillsborough not a few weeks ago and, and the whole of the Rotherham United end taking Mickey out of piggies, walking out at 2 0. And then all of a sudden, when the, when the tables are turned, we're doing the same thing. I've changed my tune completely I, from last podcast, I guess. <laughs> but I, I, I'm disgusted. You know, if, if I, can't, I can't get my head round. You, you go two nil down, three nil down, and you, everybody throws Teddy out at Cots and storms out. It's pathetic. It is, listen, if you if you're leaving because you've got to leave, all well and good. If you're leaving because we're two nil down, grow up. You're you're watching the wrong team. You're supporting the wrong club. You need to go and support Man U or Liverpool or somebody like that. I'm sorry, but that's I, not acceptable. Just because we've gone behind, don't start crying. Because that's I essentially am, I, what you do. My argument would be that it's a bit of a two-way street. I thought for the first 45 minutes, I thought no. the fans were pretty good. I, I no. thought the fans were yeah, pretty it's good. Yeah, <laughs> it's a two-way street, It's a two-way street. We're top at league. We've got 80 points. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's a two-way street. That doesn't forgive yesterday's performance, does it? No, it doesn't. No. It doesn't. And and and, and Brecken come out and give that brilliant speech and the hands up yeah, for yeah, yeah. Was brilliant yesterday. Yeah. And I think personally, I think the fans responded. I thought for the for the first part of the game, I thought the fans were good. The noise was not amazing, but it was it was solid, and I, I was quite happy with it. And then we, you get served up that, and then that sort of creates on people. And I, again, I yeah, didn't leave I, it, I, I, I can see why people did that performance created on people. You've been asked to, as fans, you've been asked to give everything, and a lot of fans did. And then you get served up that, and you're like, "Well, what am I bothering for? Because that's this is what I've been served up as a fan. Why, why, am, why am I staying here? You support your club. You support your club through thick and thin. That's what you do as a football supporter, you know. And the, and there's been more thin times than there has as as anything else as Rotherham United supporters, you know. We've lost we've lost games that we shouldn't have lost. We've had performances that we shouldn't have put in. We've 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 played crap when we should have played well. But we've done we've done that once or twice this season. We've had one or two results where the performances have been poor, and yet all we get is slag, 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 slag off all the time, all the time. Win, lose, or draw. There's a certain section of our support that all they want to do is slag the team off, or slag the club off, or have a pop at somebody. They're not supporters. They're not football supporters. And, and, and I don't know. I, I, listen, I, I may be overreacting a little bit in relation to people leaving early. And early. I know it happens at every ground, right? It just, it just, it just annoys me a little bit, you know, that people claim to be behind a club and then they go two 0 down, so we walk out. 
I just, I've never, ever understood it, ever. I've always stayed to the end, win, lose, or draw, bad or good performance. I, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I do as well. I'm just sort of... No, you do, yeah. I've uh, I think he don't think left has left because of the second goal. They left because they felt like the players have given up. And that's the, that's the distinction. They're not leaving because, because we're losing. They were left because of the performance. Danny, anything? Go on. <clears throat> if you're leaving because the players have given up, then you should be the fan that's trying to get them, get their heads level and back in the game. That that I mean, I've only left a Rotherham game early once, and it was against Morecambe when we lost 5-4. Right? And it's when Morecambe scored their fifth goal, and I said to my mate, who happened to be a Chef Wednesday fan, I said to him, oh, should we just go to the pub now? Because we're not <laughs> going to win this. And as soon as we got outside the ground, we scored. And I've regretted it ever since. Because it's like, could I have given one player another 10% and we could have drawn 5 all? Maybe. So that's why I'm, I've never left early since. And I stayed behind. I clapped the players off the pitch. <clears throat> because you could see in their faces how... Mm. I, was, I was about to swear, but you, you, knew, you knew they played... They knew that they played badly. But they, they've all come out as a unit and they still all clap the fans... Um, I probably have had confirmation that Warney did hear me, did hear me about um, Smith and Tutu trying to press because you know when someone looks at you and like they know your face but they don't know no, they don't know where you're from. It, yeah. uh, I caught I caught his eye and I was still clapping and I'm, I'm surprised if there were a thousand people at ground when they came round at the end yeah. of the game. <clears throat> but to leave because players have given up, that's the wrong attitude to be a football supporter. You know, you should be staying to support your your team and your club. You know, because like Mick says, there's been a lot of thick times with Rotherham and success has come as the thin part, effectively. You know, it's like we've not won any sort of league title since, what was it, 1989? Last time we won a league title proper. You know, we, we've been a third division club for the vast majority of our history. So at times are going to be hard. And I think some fans have been spoilt with success over recent seasons. You know, in the last 12 years, we've been to Wembley three times and won twice. We've been in League One ever since we got promoted from League Two in 2012. Like, we've never dropped into League Two again. And we've been bouncing between League One and the Championship. We're still not classed as a yo-yo club, technically, through historical relegations, I might just add. Um, but... Yeah, times are going to be hard, and if you don't have the bottle to support your club through the times where you aren't playing very good and the players do need a lift and you decide to go home early because you think the players have given up, you shouldn't have gone in the first place. Because if you can't get behind the squad when they're playing poorly and try and rag them through as supporters, right? try and rag them through and try and nick something, like whether it's a goal. I would have been happier if we'd have lost 3-1 than losing 3-0 because at least you've stopped their clean sheet and you've done just a little bit of summer. And I've seen a lot of people on social media saying, oh, someone pick a positive out of that game, right? I think positive is that we've raised nearly six, mm. seven grand for the Rotherham Hospice on the, uh, through the Red Gloves thing. But another positive is that it was quite funny when John Brecken got sprinkled. You know, <laughs> that, <was> golly, yeah. <laughs> that, that was really funny. But again, the main positive from today is like, yeah, we've we've had a massive blip and it's a massive kick in the teeth to us trying to win the league and get promoted. But in terms of the whole the season as a whole and the bigger picture, we're the first team to get to 80 points in England, mm. you know, which puts us in the bracket of one of the better teams in the country. 
all right, we're not in the best vein of form at the minute, but bloody hell, we've been good this season, haven't we? And I think it's panic to a lot of people. They're panicking because they think we're going to bottle it. But if you panic too much, it becomes reality. If you overthink something, it becomes reality. And for us to bottle it in this position shouldn't become reality. And people need to look as like, right, let's get behind them and support them through thick and thin. If someone's having an off game, you don't abuse them. You go, come, come on, get your head back in it and keep going. You know, it's like with um, with Ozzy Tutu. No, no one, certainly on the front row, was abusing him per se. We were trying to encourage him to get into the game. And the people that laughed and found it overly funny when he was named man of the match, they're another, another lot that need to take a look at themselves and say, you don't do that. Did he deserve man of the match? Probably not. But you don't laugh about it. How's he going to feel sitting on bench that he's been given man at match and like the entire North stands laughed at him? How would you feel if someone did that for your place of work? Oh, I'm sorry, mate. You haven't quite um, laid that bit of steel right and everyone laughs at you in factory. How would you feel in that situation? Mm. And I can understand a few people, a few more people losing it 3 0 because it was like, what, what, 90th minute and they thought, oh, game's done, we can go home. But to leave it 2 0 when there is still the possibility that you could nick something, it's very small, but you could still do it. And like you see, granted, they have bigger fan bases, but teams like Derby were trying to rag their team to survival in Championship. They are trying to rag their team through it. And other teams like um, MK Donslow, they're trying to rag their team to get in automatics. Will they do it? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see because it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. But game after game, they are behind their team. And they make noise at home. Granted, their stadium's too big for them at MK, but they still make a fair bit of noise. In a way, I thought they were fantastic. So I come out, we are so vocal away from home, like everyone said at Wickham, but at home, we're quiet after 15 minutes. It's because the nerve set in. Why aren't we two 0 up at fifteen minutes gone? You know, why aren't we the best team in England at the minute? Because we were earlier in the season. That you're not going to be fantastic every single game, but it's down to supporters to make sure we get it over the line and give that ten percent. Like Reckin said, get behind the lads and give them that extra ten percent. Did we do that? I don't think so. I th- I think ten percent had gone out at window by the time we were two 0 down because half the stadium had gone. Yeah, but I, what I would say is I thought to start with they did and they got no change from the players from the start. I, 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 again, I didn't leave early, but I feel like I've got to defend them, the people that left. I, I get it. I do get it. Uh, but I also probably agree with you, Danny. <laughs> uh, Donald London, I don't understand why anybody leaving support your team, win, lose, a draw. So a fan leave and then flag off his player in front of the away team. That's embarrassing. <laughs> it's pretty embarrassing to feel like your own players off. Um, Will Daniels, whilst he agrees with Mick and Danny, you mentioned that in the last episode, these are paying fans, they're able to do as they please. If they want to pay 20 quid, watch 70 minutes. Um, that's on That's on them. That's true. Very true. Yeah. Um, it's and, not the Yorkshireman uh, spirit because you want to get your money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think McGarry agrees with me. I'd rather people leave early, send a message with their feet rather than boo them at the end. Ben, uh, I expected a sort of three-word answer from you. That's what I've expected my entire life. Um, what are your uh, your thoughts on it, then? Um, I kind of agree with. I kind of I can see where you're coming from, and I can see where Danny and Matt come from. I kind of agree with both of you a little bit, but it doesn't make sense because, like, obviously, I've been I've been very blessed to have a very good or very. I haven't seen Robin lose really. 
I saw us in like when I was watching us in League Two. I was what seven, eight years old. Um, so I can't really remember it. I've only ever seen the good times. I've been to Wembley twice, won twice. Except uh, Alan Stubbs. Except Alan Stubbs. Yeah, Alan Stubbs. Alan Stubbs. But that's one season, you know. His I'm name sure is mixed, mentioned mixed. round here. Yeah, well, I've had I've mixed seen it yeah. all. I've had I've had. I'm very blessed to have a see what I've seen, but it doesn't make sense because like in the moments, like it's it's really it's it's you know it's enraging. It's it's all angry, but like. The, the worse it is, like the better it feels when you win. Do you know what I mean? Mm. If you go home, then it, that happens, and then you get promoted. It just doesn't feel as good. Like it just doesn't. Like if you're there when I remember we were there. I remember sitting in the stands um, when the, we got like what was it twenty points or something in that season, and it yeah. was awful. But then we, we stood there for the whole ninety minutes and then clapped them off at the end, and it was awful. But then we got promoted next season, and it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Um, so, it just, I don't understand it. I, I'd encourage people to stay and kind of embrace it because the feeling, the opposite feeling, doesn't feel so good if you don't experience the, the bad. Oh, I'd rate you know, those words. They are brilliant words, Ben. Then. Can I just ask, ask a question? You know, this message you're trying to send to players by either booing or walking out early, what message are you trying to send to them? They were rubbish, probably. Right. <laughs> That's what probably trying to say. Just, just the answer I, I expected. So, I, I, I assume we're uh, we as supporters think that they don't realise that. Even yeah, mm, yeah. <clears throat> you know, one, one thing. I, one thing I will comment on with that, mate, is um, with with booing the fans. I don't think it does them any good at all. Not well, at all. Think. Not, not at all. It puts them in the negative mindset. And at this point in the season, you don't want to be in a negative mindset at all. At all. You're not sending a message to anybody that anybody doesn't already know. Those players walked off that pitch yesterday and are fully aware of the performance that they put in yesterday. And I'm probably more disgusted in it than we are. You're not sending them a message. Really? Really? But they haven't improved in four or five weeks. I don't agree with you, Ben. I don't agree with you. They played well, they played they well played against Lincoln, but they haven't, they haven't improved over four or five weeks, so something needs yeah, to man. give. The professional footballers, we can't just say, oh, come on. Like, you can't, the yeah, professional true. footballers, they're grown men. Like, yeah, 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 these are grown yeah. men with wife and kids and family. They should have some sort of mental toughness about them. And be able I'm not, to no, 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 you're missing my point. You're missing my point. I'm, I'm not, not saying that... I'm not, because you're saying it makes, them feel bad. It, puts them in, it makes them feel bad and, you know, oh, it puts them even further down, but they're grown men. It's an atmosphere. We're all adults, you know what I mean? I'm not an adult, but they're all adults. <laughs> they've, got, they've got wife and kids. I'm sure they've gone through worse things in their life. Get a grip. I'm sure they have, yeah. Essentially. I'm sure they have. Actually, get a grip. All right. Get over yourself. It's always better with Benzie. I'll have a good Benzie. <laughs> I don't mix the favourite with Benzie. I'm over myself, mate. I'm just not one for telling. Uh, I don't understand why we have to state the bleeding obvious to people. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's like calling ref. It's like booing a referee. We still do it. Yeah, but they're not ours. We're not there to support them. <laughs> All right. It's yeah. <laughs> Again, we I didn't boo. We we all still. No, I know, I know, I know. We're talking I know, about I know. people who aren't here, but I, I'm just I, trying to get. get I'm it. just trying to get across the point that you know you're doing something to send a message to the players 
that they've they've displeased you in some way. You know, I mean, and like they already know. Yeah, they already know. It's part and parcel of football. Oh, well, of course it is. Yeah, I'm no, not saying don't do it. I'm just saying sport. Think about the reasoning behind it. Not having any effect. No, it's not. It's not having a positive. Not having a positive effect, mm. which doesn't get. Yeah, it's definitely not. I, I don't want to hear people boo. I would prefer to know. leave them boo. But again, Why would you want to have a positive effect? We're only due to try and get up into championship. You know, let's not try and let's. You know, it's just I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't. I don't. I don't. I want to be a supporter. I will support my club. And I will be critical of them, but I will support them. And I will not go to a match and be negative towards them. Win, lose or draw, perform well or perform poorly. I stood on Saturday afternoon and I clapped them off the pitch, despite that performance. Because it's my club, I support them, and they've given me years and years of pleasure. And they will give me years and years of pleasure to come. And like Ben said earlier on, that pleasure... Is even more pleasurable because of the lows, because of the bad times, because of the defeats. So, take the defeats on the chin like a man, like a grown-up. Can't say like a man, like a grown-up. Turn and walk away. Yeah. Go home. Watch Christian Owner cry like a baby following day. The world's a better place, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, or even better, um, <laughs> go, go, have, have, have a drink, go home, um, have a sleep, and then play your own football next day. Because then you can think, I could have played better than them on that day, and you can have a nice laugh about it. Mm. But one last thing on, um, on uh, effectively, us having a stinker. Warney will have told them they had a stinker. Uh, yes. I can't remember which press conference it, it was, and I'm not going to repeat what Warney said because it's off the record, so I can't repeat what he said or else the club will come after me and probably break my legs with a baseball bat. <laughs> um, but Warney understood we'd played shocking, and he told them we played shocking, and he will have done the exact same um, probably when the next in the training ground, and probably after the game, he probably told them they were shocking, and he will have the video clip up, and he will be berating them, saying, why have you done that, then? Mm. You know, why, why haven't you done that? That's what I told you to do. Why haven't you done that? And they'll all be sat there like naughty school children that's had a telling off from Edmaster. But I'd love to have been a fly on the wall at full time just to hear what Warney would have said to him. Because Warney's a brilliant bloke. He's a, re- he's a really nice bloke and a really kind-hearted fella. But that uh, qualified teacher instinct comes into it when you don't do what he's told you to do. Mm. And th- th- they'll understand they've played shocking. They will understand that. <clears throat> but I think, again, to boo them at the end of the game, that just adds to that. Because they know they're going to get told by Warner that they've been shocking and the fans have already sho- uh, already told the, them their displeasure by booing them. Boot referee all you like. Referee deserves to be booed. But to boo your own squad off when we've had a stinker, uh, it, 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 might, it might just be my way of thinking about it. But the way I think about it is you don't boo them off. You try and get in the reds to encourage them for the next game. You know, play better next game. You know, Come on, keep going. But I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's my um, coming through. Gregory Devine, I'm, I'm to you, Ben. That's a fair enough point. What's wrong with being, what's being a grown man? Got to do with it. Mental health issue yeah, is, is yeah. Agree. So the, the point that is that what I would say to people that are booing them, just bear in mind that they are people just doing their jobs. So as Danny mentioned earlier, boo somebody for you know making something wrong. 
I don't like people. I don't. I don't like it all. I accept it happens, but I, 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 it shouldn't happen. But I understand it does. And what, and what you mentioned about Warney, Danny, I think we're in a situation where we know we've got a management team who are clever enough. They, they know football. Yes, they made some mistakes, but they do know football, and they're not arrogant. Not arrogant enough to realise that they made mistakes. They're not like other managers. I think, oh, my way is the way. We are doing it this way, no matter what. Are oh, we lost? Don't matter. We're doing it this way. They're not like that. They will find ways. They'll find ways to fix it, to find things to do things. I back them. I still back mm-hmm. them. I'm, I'm sure, I hope. I hope my Vasper Robin fans still back them to get us up because I certainly do. Um, they've got work to do now. <laughs> they've oh, certainly yeah. got work to do. Um, but Ben, are you still backing us? Yeah, I, of course I am. Of course I am. But I think it's. I think it's a, the last few games. Definitely, these next few games definitely a test and. Whatever's going to come of it, comes of it. And whatever comes of it, we deserve. Mm. No excuses. Yeah. Shellstone, it just means the management team have to pick them up even further. Absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And I suppose, Mick, it's now on the management team. We know the players have got the ability. And obviously, there is this, there is a degree of, on the players, they need to improve themselves. But the management team have got to pick them up. This is These next two weeks are a huge two weeks for Paul Warren, Mitchie Barker, Matt Armstrong, Andy Warrington. They've got to pick these yeah. boys up and get them back where they were. Yeah, absolutely. And and they'd almost done that on Tuesday against Lincoln, didn't they? You know, they were almost there. So, yeah. Um, we'll have to wait and see what happens. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? It's going to be interesting. We've got a little trip out in between times. Put it, put out juniors and, and and anybody else in that. It matters not. But then again, I say it matters not. It does matter because if you win it, 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 it gets those coffers boosted as well. So there's a balancing act to be had between um, the benefit, financial benefits of getting promoted and the financial benefits of that. You can't um, jeopardise the promotion on the basis of, um, you know, just a short-term game from that. But it's, it's a day out, it's a week out, a well, weekend away for some. Just enjoy it. But Warney and the team, like you say, in the, in the meantime, have got some work to do. Uh, and I'm sure they'll be at it Day and night, sure they will. Yeah, um, Donald London asked, Do you think the players equally have have their say? Why on earth did they pick certain players' formations again? We don't know the inner workings, but I would say that it's a fairly open policy, Danny. That mm. the players have a voice, it's not like the maybe the Steve Evans <coughs> days where the players' voice were lost a little bit from what we've, what we've heard. It feels like a not a democracy, obviously, but players are free and open to sort of have conversations. Yeah, I think. Again, it's just speculation because we've never been in the dressing room and we don't really know the words that are said and the few words that we know that are said stay private. But the vibe you get, it's not really a um, a berating from the manager like Fergie or, or Evans used to do, but it's more of an open discussion. You know, it's, le- it's less of a, right, everyone sit down, I'm going to scream at you for half an hour in changing room and kick boots around. It's more of a sit down, right, tell, tell me what went wrong. And it's more of an open discussion. And they seem to save the um, the more of a, right, this is what you need to do in these situations for when they're at the training ground. But in terms of it being a, a, um, <clears throat> a post-game chat, it's definitely more of an open discussion. You get that vibe from the closeness of the manager and the squad itself. And Warner Bull have probably asked the question, did, do you think we got it right? Or do you think it's down to this, that and other? And they, would have dis- they will have discussed it. And 
he said we're going to give him a couple of days off just away from football for a little bit and probably bring him in on Wednesday and then mm. start the prep there. Yeah, I think that's key to give time away. You see a lot of people in football sort of say, oh, getting back in at seven o'clock the following day, having running laps and things like that. That does nobody's... That does nobody any good, really, does it? You know what I mean? Get him away, get spent, like I've mentioned, spend time with your family, spend time with your loved ones, get it out of your system and come back and go again. Um, and that's what it's got to be. Um, anything else on the game? We've got a few other bits to talk about, I suppose. But anything else on the game, on the fans, or the management team? It's been a Debbie Downer, this one, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it has. Right, positive news. Let's talk to positives. As Danny mentioned, the giving the helping hand to the hospice was a rousing success. Several thousand pounds raised for the um, for the foundation. John Bracken got soaked. Maybe that's maybe that's something for next time they raise money. Throw a Brexit summit. Well, breaking in the stocks with wet sponges on the halfway line. In yeah. fact, that's a good idea. It is. <laughs> yeah. In fact, change. Brex for Mick, and we've got our next fundraising things. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I don't want to get my hair wet, mate. It's all frizzy. <laughs> all I will say for anybody, be careful holding your phone with those gloves, because they are very, very slippy. My phone nearly went once or twice yesterday. Um, <laughs> but, make great cause. We know we all know that we're on the hospice, but great cause, and great, great to see the gloves worn by him. The referees were wearing gloves. Yeah, absolutely. It's fantastic. Fantastic. John Brecky is doing some wonderful work for a, for a wonderful cause. Um, and I would advise, I would ask anybody who, uh, who hasn't contributed yet to contribute because it's, um, it's a hugely worthy cause. And when, when you have, God forbid, have cause to use their services, you'll understand what a wonderful, wonderful place that is. I like it. Yeah, 100%. And I just want to say a special thank you to everybody who was on the Kimmy Park bus going to Hartlepool. Um, we raised £66, <clears throat> £66 on the day itself and then, <clears throat> excuse me, and then from uh, post orders going, oh, have you got any more gloves? Oh, I want to get a couple more. And oh, they went up raising £80. So thank you very much to everybody who donated the face on the, uh, the, the collection bucket lady's face when I took out all the coins and all notes. You were like... You've done well. <laughs> so, yeah, so thank you very much to everybody donated. And even if it's not on Kimmy Park, just thank you for donating anyway. Um, because I'll reiterate that the hospice does need us. They have a £6 million funding per year and they only get £3 million from the government. The rest is through donations and through us. So thank you to everybody. You might have just kept the hospice open for another year. So thank you very much. Yeah. Ian Bradley, massive respect to everybody involved uh, in the hospice day and should be an annual event. I'd certainly like to see that happen. Um, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, and on, on fundraising, we will be coming as we repeat it again. We are still set to be doing our 12-hour live broadcast on Saturday coming up. Um, <laughs> honestly, I don't really know what to expect, except two things. Adam LaFondre is going to be joining us from nine o'clock on Saturday morning, live from Australia. We're going to be across the globe in our uh, in our broadcast, which can only go wrong. Uh, and, then later, and then later on in the day, we're going to move across from Australia to over in Ireland, where Trevor Berry will be joining us. Um, we haven't set a time for him yet, but keep an eye out for that. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know what we're going to talk about. 
Nick. Well, I, I'm really looking forward to it because we can we'll be able to do a watch along for qualifying for, for uh, the uh, the Grand Prix. So that's we can take up an hour with that, can't we? I know it's not Rotherham United related, but there's a couple of red and white cars in there. You know, if we sort of concentrate on Bottas and Alpha Alpha Romeo, then uh, you know we could claim it's Rotherham United related. Um, there's an England game as well, apparently, which I'm not interested in, but. You know, I'm sure we'll find plenty to talk about. We've had we've had enough to talk about today already, haven't we? About a game that we lost three 0 in. So, um, you know. seventy minutes out of this. <laughs> <laughs> ben, you'll be joining us. Be excited, yeah. smile, come on. <laughs> we'll you, see how you feel about it, shall we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've got an England game at New York Stadium to, um, to potentially have a look at as well. I can get live updates from people who are there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don London, feel like we need to do a quiz against each other on the 12-hour podcast. I think that's a great idea. Mm. Um, Ian Bradley, ask Trevor about that Burnley goal. We will ask you, Trevor, about the Burnley goal, about the auto-inscreen shield final, about being part of the double promotion winning team in the late 90s, early 2000s. Working on one or two other things, trying to get another player or two to come on. It may not. If we end up with Alfie and Trevor Berry, how long that's too bad, to be honest with you. <laughs> Um, oh, Donna London, she'll donate a bucket hat to the winner if you do. If we do a quiz, brilliant. Ooh. And what we should uh, we're raising money for the Ukrainian Red Cross Fund. Now, we should have mentioned this before I started talking to us with you, but it's we all know what's going off over in Ukraine at the minute, and we want to do our bit to try and help as little as we can. You know what I mean? We know it's a bigger problem than us, Russia's a bigger problem than we can ever solve and everything else, but we want to do as, as little as we as something. And hopefully we can raise a, raise a bit of money, have a bit of fun w- between us. Um, and if you can join us, it's 12 hours. You need to join us for half an hour, an hour, pop in and out. We'll keep, what, what I will probably do... Um, <laughs> yeah, Jamie, ask, ask him what it feels like when fans boo when you leave early. Yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. And, and, the, and it'll be live. We'll speak, for the first time for us, we were speaking to these former players live. Previously, we've done it pre-recorded. This will be live, so if you want to get involved, we'll put these questions to these lads, uh, most of them, if they're nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. We'll put, we'll put, I'll put a schedule together and I'll tweet something out just so, you know, if you want to speak to Alpha but you don't want to listen to another part, you know when you can tune in. Um, and also we'll put these live. So, so for example, I'm talking along here, but the Alpha, when we speak to Alfie for 45 minutes, let's say, that will then go out as an audio episode later on in the week. We'll cut that out. So if you are just a podcast listener, listening through the audio, you will still not miss out on hearing from these former former Millers players. Um, yeah. And as, as I mentioned, if you can donate, it's tagged, pinned to our Twitter page, the, the, the cause. If you can't share, no worries. Just, if you can't can't donate, please share. Um, yeah. I've disliked this episode very much. I hope everybody's listeners enjoyed it, but I don't know. I feel much, much worse. Um, I know it's nice to get it off your chest, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Good run. Um, thank you all who have put up with this for all this time. I hope you've enjoyed it. I really do. If you haven't enjoyed it, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're with us. We do really appreciate it. Benjamin, it's been a pleasure to have you with us. Um, I'll pull you out. At end. Thank you. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Nick. It's been a pleasure to have you with us, even though we've argued today. We don't often argue on this podcast, me and you. We no, we don't usually, do we? We don't. Well, we're we're real life. Whatevs. 
Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Danny, I don't think me and you have argued tonight, which uh, I'll say it, say it for Saturday. I'll say it for 12 hour podcast. And I won't really call, I won't really call it arguing. It's more of a um <clears throat> a critical discussion, isn't it really? Um but the one positive we can take from this episode is remember the next game is Wembley. And you can get these flags from uh, from Donna London's it's the personal touch and I think they're great. They're just they're just pocket size enough so you can sneak them into Wembley. They're brilliant. <laughs> yes, we will we will we'll share Donna's page because you can get them through fifty P from every purchase of those flags goes to the hospice as well. Um, so we will. I'll get the link from Donna, and we will share that out because those flags are pretty cool. I'm glad, to, glad she's doing them. So thank you very much for that, Donna. Um, thank you, everybody. We will see you on Saturday for the live show, the 12 hour live yes. show. Cheers, <laughs> 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 guys. <laughs> Rebel, ambitious.